We're going to read quickly, but we're going to read the first seven verses, 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered abroad throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. That right there will throw those Calvinists in a tailspin. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for your blessings. We ask you now that you might speak to our hearts and allow us, Lord, to be in your word tonight for a few moments. I pray that you would encourage and challenge your people as well as myself. I ask you that you would give us what we need for the coming days ahead. Lord, we do ask you that you would help all these requests. Lord, those of family members, some are lost, some are out of the will of God. Uh, those that have family members or husbands or wives that are in hospitals or that are uh, there for testing, we ask you that you would speak, Lord, to those. We ask you especially tonight for Brother Terry. I pray that you would speak to him, give him peace and comfort. We pray that you would help my dad. I ask the same for him. And then Milton, we do pray physically that you would touch him. But Lord, spiritually, I pray that you would put your hand of mercy upon him. I pray that, Lord, his hope so would be turned into a no-so. God, we pray tonight that you would bless the revival out at the nursing home coming up. Pray you'll bless the men that'll be preaching, those that may come and sing. Father, would you just have your will? We thank you and we praise you tonight for you are worthy in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to preach on this thought tonight, reasons to praise the Lord. Reasons to praise the Lord. If I had thought about it a little bit more in advance, um, and maybe her singing partners are gone, but Ashlyn up at... Um, Ashton's church a few weeks ago uh, sang a song. I think it's in the middle of my storm, maybe. Is that the name of it? Somebody feedback my children. All right. One's not looking and one's stone cold face looking at me. So, uh, But in the middle of your storm, you can still praise the Lord. There is a, a more contemporary song that uh, talks about praising Him in the middle of the storm. And with that, we carry that thought that many of us may be going through storms and we may be fighting battles. Brother David brought an excellent lesson this morning. Sometimes we don't need to fight, we just need to stand. Somebody who's in Sunday school, say amen right there. And so uh, we're in the middle of all of these things, as was Peter. Uh, you remember Peter, he was boisterous 
in his quote-unquote youth, even into adulthood, he, he served with the Lord. He served people with the Lord. He saw miracles, but then he denied the Lord. But thanks be unto God, he was forgiven of that. And then on the day of Pentecost, he was used of the Lord. And he essentially, he became one of the pastors of that early church in Jerusalem. And now the Scripture says that he is writing this to the strangers. Now, these are not people that do not know the Lord. These are people that do know the Lord, but in their given land they are strangers because they have been scattered abroad, he says, throughout Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. And so he is writing to, if, if I could say it, he's writing to the church. He's writing to believers that are going through trouble. That's why they're there, Brother Kurt. Because they had been dispersed. They had been kicked out of Jerusalem. Some were kicked out of Rome and, and they are in these foreign countries and they're trying to learn foreign culture and a foreign language and foreign economy and they are being persecuted at every turn. And Peter is writing to this group of people and he not only understands persecution, but he's writing to a people that understands persecution. If I can change the word persecution and say in trouble or in tribulation, Peter is writing to them. But in this, he gives reasons to praise the Lord. And so if the Lord will help me tonight, just quickly, I want to give you about three things, or three reasons rather, to praise the Lord. Now, if you'll help me, uh, one of two things will happen. Either I'll get excited and preach long, or I'll get excited and preach short. So y'all can figure it out from there, but if you'll help me, I promise we will get out of here before the sun goes down, all right? So uh, number one, I want us to notice that uh, we're talking about reasons to praise the Lord. Number one, God has given us a living hope. I have said this time and time again. You've heard it. People have written songs and they've sang about the fact that He is alive. And, and that's something stirring in me. It would not matter uh, what day of the week it would be, but if someone began to talk about the resurrected Christ, something within me would stir. And that something within me is the Holy Ghost of God. Because the Holy Ghost is wanting to brag about the one that He is here to represent. And uh, so one reason to praise the Lord is because God is giving us a, a living hope. Now, there is a condition known to all men and women that are without Christ, and first it is that they have no real hope. In Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 12, it says that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. So there are five points right there that goes against a child that does not believe in God, that has not accepted Christ as Savior, and they have no real Hope, But remember our point, God has given us a living hope. Not only that, but they have a false hope. 
These folks that are walking around, they, they may be depending on religion. They may be depending on uh, their, their, their genealogy or their heritage. They may be depending on their education. I want you to know what Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 7 says, When a wicked man dieth, and a wicked here is representing that one that does not trust in God. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of unjust men perisheth. And so in that we have been given a lively hope, we must understand that there is a condition of those without Christ, and that is that they have no real hope, and that they have a false hope. But yet we see the contrast of this living hope in relation to the worlds is that Christ is alive. In Romans chapter number 1, verse number 4, "...and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness." By the resurrection from the dead. And this evening you need to understand, as much as it pains us to say this, but if Christ had not risen from the dead, He would have been like any other man. He could have lived a great life. He could have even done miracles because many had before. He could have done great things. He could have, he could have pinned down the Bible himself. But if he had not risen from the grave, uh, this would be just, I'm about to have a fit. This would be just another book. Our faith would be in vain. Uh, there's nothing that we can hope for. But I'm glad tonight uh, that God has given us a living hope. It is not what I just mentioned just a little while ago about a man. Uh, they says, I hope so. I hope I'm saved. I hope I'm okay. I hope I'm going to heaven. And I'm glad that I can say that I hope so. But my hope is not in what I think. My hope is not what in what I, 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 I try to uh, uh, coax out of my mind as a good outcome. My hope is in Christ Jesus. Not just that He died, which was very important, but in the fact that he rose again we see that there's a contrast with this living hope of peter's thereby ours and the world's christ is alive first corinthians chapter 15 declares that our salvation is guaranteed look with me in verse number three and four uh, the writer here says for i delivered unto you first of all that which i also received how that christ died for our sins according to scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to scriptures. I'm thankful today that we do have the New Testament uh, that they did not have then, but we have the New Testament that declares the death, burial, and the resurrection. Uh, but Peter and Paul and James and John, they didn't have those things as proof, but they had the prophecies that this Messiah would come that this Messiah would bear the weight of the world upon his shoulders, that this, that this Messiah would be the first fruits of the dead. And so here we understand by Paul's writings there in 1 Corinthians that because he was buried and then he rose again, according to Scriptures, we have a living hope. Not only that, but we also see in contrast that we have a similar resurrection that it is sure. In uh, 1 Corinthians 15 again, verse 20 and 20, down through verse 23. He said, now you, if you remember this, I've preached on this before, but if you go back to about verse number 15 down through verse number 19, Paul is kind of playing devil's advocate. 
And he says, some have said that Christ isn't risen. Well, if Christ isn't risen, then this is in vain and this is in vain. And we are of all men most miserable. He goes on, he paints a dim picture. But in verse number 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after they that are Christ's at His coming. This Christ at His coming, it is a promise of a resurrection. It is a promise that one day, I don't, I do not preach on it enough, but one of these days, Kurt, we are going to check out of here. Brother Humor Troutman used to say, whether it be through the clouds or through the clods, we are leaving this place. And I'm here to tell you, here in just a little, and I think it's just a little while, there's going to be a breaking open of the clouds, and God is going to send His Son. He's going to step out on the cloud, and people People talk about that trumpet sound, and I don't ever read where the trumpet actually sounded, but there is going to be a shout. There is going to be a shout. And at that shout, we that are alive will join Him. But those that are already dead and they're in the ground, they're going to be resurrected just as He was. Honey, I want you to know tonight how that God has given us a living hope. Uh, but because of that living hope, He's given us a, a sure resurrection. One day, and I believe it's soon, we're going to put aside, I think hospitals will, at least for a time, hospitals are going to be just out of business for a while. Especially for the child of God. Because the children of God, they're going to be pulled up out of here. They're going to be called away. They're going to be raptured out. Now there's going to be some that are left. And there's no telling, there's no telling to what lengths they will go during the tribulation. But I won't be here. I need about three people to say, I won't be here. They can have it. I don't have much, Sister Irene, but if they want to go to 210 Brookwood, honey, they can have it. Not going to bother me. As long as I ain't here, they can have it. We have that sure resurrection because of this lively hope that we have. Number two, I want us to notice that God has given us, given us a lasting inheritance. I don't even know if I read the, the scripture that went along with that, that lively hope, but verse number three, he says, He has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But now we look number two and we understand that God has given us a, a lasting inheritance. In verse number four, he says, He's, 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 he's given us this hope to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now you can go back and you can look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and you could see that I I believe Paul is having himself a fit and he talks about that this corruptible shall be uh, must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so in this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass it saying that is that is written death 
is swallowed up in victory. Then Paul says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe Paul right there had to put his pen down and have a time out to shout, because we've got the victory through Jesus Christ over death. God has given us a lasting inheritance. And our text says in verse number 4 that it's inheritance incorruptible. It is inheritance undefiled. It is an inheritance that fadeth not away. It is an inheritance reserved in heaven for you. I'm thankful tonight that this inheritance... I know this is not proper, but can't nobody take it from me. They can try as much as they may. But listen, God has promised it to me and he I hope he's promised it to you tonight. But you can't get what he's given me and I can't take what he's given you because it is incorruptible. It says it is it fadeth not away. It is undefiled and is reserved in heaven for you. Soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. And when we get to glory, when we get to, no matter the timetable, when we get there, we'll receive that inheritance. I don't, I don't know that I have anything really that, that I, I, I've got life insurance, but you've got to die to enjoy that. And I ain't planning on dying tomorrow, but, but that, that's my children's inheritance. If there's anything there, that's, that's it. Don't have anything else. My, my parents, I don't, I don't know that they have really anything that they could give if they passed away. Don't know that there would be any inheritance. Maybe their home up there, that land. That's about it. But oh my soul. What an inheritance the father gave by way of his son to you and I. <laughs> It is, it is something that I, I believe, I, I don't want to add to Peter's writings, but if I could add just one little word, I believe indescribable would be a good adjective to place right in there somehow. You read over there in Romans, what is it, chapter, or Revelation chapter 21, and it begins to talk about that angel giving John that rod and say, here, you measure it, you see how big it is yourself, and he begins to go down, he begins to talk about that new Jerusalem, how it's got 12 foundations, how it's got uh, 12 gates, and every several gate a pearl, that word several means every separate gate is its own pearl, and you think about how little a pearl is, and all of a sudden there's a gate made out of a pearl, not a string of pearls, but a, man, look at him. And we think about that street that's gold, and here we are, we prize the gold that's in our jewelry, uh, that's in our possession, and we love it, and we thank God for it, and we praise Him for it, and we hold on to it, and we, we prize those things, but God took the very thing that we prized, and He paved a street from it, of uh, those jaspers, and those sardines, and those onyx stones, and, and crystal praises, all those, I don't even know what some of them stones are. But God said, you know what? Y'all don't even need them down there anymore. I'll put them in the new Jerusalem. Twelve foundations. But you know, above that, Brother Jim, even if he took all of those things away, there is a Savior waiting for me. And I can't... I, hey, 
wait. I cannot wait to get up there. I, listen, come here, little fella. I don't know if you got this the other day when we were at Camp Canaan, uh, but we were singing some sort of a song about when Jesus takes us by the hand yeah. and leads us through the promised land. And Brother Phil Burnett got up there and he began to talk about all of the beauties of heaven. And he said, but I have a sneaky suspicion how when Jesus grabs my hand and yeah. begins to take me through the promised land, I'm not going to be looking at the foundations. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be looking at the mansions. I'm not going to be looking at the, the ground or the, 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 the street of gold. He said, but I'm going to be looking at my Savior. And he's going to say, Jamie, I want you to look. He said, no, I just got to look at him. I want to see those nail prints in his hands. I want to see the nail prints in his feet. It's not because I don't believe it. It's just because my faith has finally become sight. And I get to see him, the one that died for me. One of these days, I better go. And I'm going to see him face to face. I'm glad that God has given us a living hope, a lively hope. I'm glad he's given us a lasting inheritance. I fouled that whole outline up right there. I'm just going to skip to number three. I hadn't even got to it. Number three, God has given us a lifetime of powerful protection. Verse number five, who are kept. Now y'all hang on to your garments. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I, I got to read verse number 8. I hate reading when they ain't a period. I hate stop reading there. So let's... Whom? Who is whom? Whom is Jesus Christ at the end of verse number 7? Whom having not seen, ye love. <laughs> In whom, who, Jesus Christ, though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. There ain't no period yet. Verse number nine, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Listen to me. I want you to know tonight that God has given us a lifetime of powerful protection. He uses the word there in verse number five. That we are kept. And this is a military word. That means that there is a garrison of military men, mighty men of valor and honor that surround something that is kept. But listen, we may not have a soldier on either side of us, but we've got a father up in heaven that sent us a son that said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And when he did go away for those disciples, he said, I will come again. He said, but until then, I'm going to leave you another comforter. And because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is three in one, not one single time, Brother John, did He ever leave us, and He will not ever leave us. I'm glad today we may not have soldiers carrying guns and swords and, and whatnot around us, but bless God, we got a Holy Ghost how that's with us, that's in us, how that's around us. We've got a Father in heaven that is waiting for you and I to come. And we've got a Son, we've got an heir, we've got a joint 
joint heir with Christ Jesus. Uh, that I believe he's at the gate. I believe he's waiting. Stephen looking up into heaven saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I don't know exactly what he saw. I don't know exactly what Jesus was doing. Uh, but I wonder if he was saying, uh, God, Father, can I go get him? Uh, can I go get him? Makes me wonder when we're going through manifold temptations. When we're going through trials and tribulations. Uh, when it seems as though we can't figure out uh, which way's up. When it seems like everything's going wrong in our life. I wonder if Jesus might be standing up uh, there at the right hand of God. Uh, saying, can I go get him yet? Uh, God, is it time yet? Uh, when he sees this world uh, going to hell in a handbasket. I wonder if he's saying, God, uh, can I go get your children? Uh, God, you've made an awful sacrifice of my own soul. Uh, God, can we go get them? Can we bring them home? It makes me wonder today of the powerful protection that we have. I wonder how far it goes. I wonder how far it goes. I believe God's looking at us. Now, you, we can talk about angels and we can talk about all that kind of stuff. I don't, listen, that's, that's out of my, that's out of my comfort zone. I don't know. I, I don't even remember. I believe it was Elisha. I believe it was Elisha that had that servant that didn't understand how they were going to fight against such an army and Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And before long, that servant looked up and on the hills surrounding him, there were angels ready to go to battle. Somebody's going with me when I run out the door. Hey, listen, I believe that God has given us a lifetime of powerful protection. Yes, we may fall. Yes, we may go broke. Yes, we may uh, hurt. We may, our, our, our homes may be torn apart. The battles that we face may bruise us and batter us. We may go home every day with busted lips and black eyes, but I promise you today uh, that the spiritual side of us is still safe, is still secure. Hey, those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, what must they do? They must seek the kingdom. They must seek the Lord. Uh, So if you're beaten down and you're weary uh, and you're hungry, you're thirsty, uh, don't be weary and well-doing, but keep pressing on. Uh, Get in the Word of God that can be your water. Uh, that can be your your bread. Uh, get in Him. Hey, listen, uh, let, uh, myself included, let's quit pandering to the world to supply all of our needs. But instead, let's go to God and let Him supply. Let Him supply our peace. Listen, I, I, don't, I do not have any trouble sleeping. My head would hit the pillow and honey, I'm out. We took a nap today. And Lori said, well, I was playing a game on my phone and before long I couldn't hold my, my eyes open. I just took my glasses off and went to sleep. And I said, see, that's the difference between me and you. I get in bed for the sole purpose to go to sleep. When I get in bed, I ain't trying to play no games. I don't want to watch TV. I don't want to do no, I don't walk crossword puzzles, read a book. No, sir. That's what the couch is for. That's what the outside is for. I ain't got time. When I look, when I go, my head hits the pillow, brother Jim, it is time to go to sleep. Now listen. We are protected. Our minds are protected. And we, we, we look at people around us, your family, my family, they say, I can't sleep. So they have to take something to help them sleep. Not getting on to the bed. I have had to do it. Brother David, I've had to take some. I've tried to take melatonin. I've tried to take some, I don't know, some sleep aid, unisom, whatever. 
But inevitably, it messes me up. It gives me weird dreams, and, and I'm like, well, I'll just do it on my own. People are trying to find sleep in a bottle. People are trying to ha- find happiness in a bottle. They're trying to find pleasure in a bottle. I'm not talking about just pill bottles. Whether it be alcohol or a needle, a pill. Trying to find pleasure in everything. But if we'd allow God in this protection to give us... Somebody asked me the other day about the the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer there in Matthew chapter number 6. Give us this day our daily bread. God, give us what I need today. I don't need an excess. I don't need an abundance. God, just give me what you think I need. The joy that God will give you is abundant. Matter of fact, it says that it is, uh, where, where was that? In verse number 8, he says, ye rejoice. Why do you rejoice? Because you believe in someone that you've not seen yet, but you have a promise that you will see him. And because of that, you rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Going back to the word kept. It is a military word that means to be surrounded And you and I are kept by the power of God. His power is able to overcome temptation. I heard one mm mm-hmm in that. Listen to me. His power that comes from God's Word and the Holy Ghost in us is able is able to overcome temptation in every single one of them. The old, the old adage, you got that old man and that new man. The one that you feed is going to be the strongest. You read Galatians chapter number five and you'll find that in scripture. You want to live after the flesh and that flesh will be stronger. But you live after the spirit, that spirit will be stronger. Where do you want your happiness to come from? You want it to come from God? Where do you want your protection to come from? You want it to come from the government? You want it to come from your friends? No, I want it to come from God. And God has given us some powerful protection. Even our testings and our trials, in verse number 6, they're temporary. It says, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Brother John stood and testified about the corn this morning. Here, here before long, if he just, if he just lets it grow, that corn's gonna turn and, and it may be good for feed, it may be good for something, but for eating, it's just not gonna work. There's a season for it. I was talking to Rachel the other day and I don't know nothing about no cow. I was talking to Rachel the other day and I was kind of giving her a hint. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. I said, I ain't never had no fresh butter. Never had no fresh milk. I don't even know if I like fresh milk. I like that stuff with the red top. So I don't know what comes out of a cow. I don't know if it's a red top or pink top or blue top. I, don't, I really don't know what comes out. But I said, man, I should, and she, and, and she gave me, she gave me some kind of smart, not smart aleck remark, but more educational than I am. Said, well, she's not ready to give milk just yet. I'm like, well, huh. That's a bummer. 
I was going to go over and try to milk some to see what I can get out of. I asked her about that because I, I desired, I desired something that that cow could produce, but it's not in season yet. It's not in season yet. There's some things that God has promised us, but it's not in season yet. And there's some things that God provides to us while it is in season, but if we're not careful, we'll get too carnally minded and avoid the things of God and miss out on what He's provided. The trying of our faith, the Scripture said in verse number 7, is more precious than of gold that perishes. We're human. We're going to be discouraged because of our tryings and our testings and our temptations. The Scripture talks about these Temptations is not the solicitation to do evil, but a trying, a testing of our faith to see how strong our faith. And he says that trying, that testing is more precious than gold. We're going to have problems. We're going to have problems in our life. Every single one of us is going to have problems. But I guarantee if you'll trust the Lord, and the things that He has given you, and the fact that He is a living hope, I guarantee you'll be able to praise the Lord later. But I want to challenge you. It's not going to feel right. It's not going to feel comfortable. You're going to feel out of place. Your pride's going to be all fouled up. Everything's going to be askew in your life. You're going through a trouble. You're going through a trial. The worst night in your life. I want to challenge you to praise God. In the middle of that. I can't say that it's going to make your troubles go away. I'm not going to promise you that. I wouldn't if I could. But I can promise you this. God will remember that. And somehow, I believe God will reward that. He'll reward that faith. I've given you this illustration before. Sometimes I give an invitation on Sunday night. Sometimes I don't, but I think I will tonight. If y'all can come, I appreciate it. I've given this illustration before. It's short and it's kind of, it's not silly, but it's very simple. There was these two sisters in Knoxville. They lived together and they were up in years and they were renting a house and the contract came due, whatever it was, and they had to leave the house, but they had nowhere to go. And so the older sister, she began to pray. And she stood back there, about right behind where you would be, uh, Miss Samantha, and said, I want the church to pray with me that God will provide a house. And so kind of as we do, you know, okay, let's do that. And, and she said, but I want the church to know I'm already praising God for the house that He has provided. And my left brain kicked in and said, now I know what the Bible says, <laughs> but my left brain kicked in and said, now, how are you praising God for something that you don't have? That's that flesh. But see, faith, faith is something entirely different. She was going through somewhat of a storm. She needed to find a place to live. She had a need. She asked God for it. But in faith, 
she began to praise God for answering the prayer, though he hadn't yet. That's faith. You know what God did, Brother Stanley? God did provide her a house. God did answer her prayer. And she was one of those old ones that she, when she got excited, she'd dance a little bit. And she'd sit back there and she'd dance. And I mean, she might have been Pentecostal. I'm real not sure. But she'd get back there and she would dance and, and she would just have herself a time. And you couldn't help but to rejoice with her because of the joy that she had. You wonder why she had the joy? Because she had faith. You know what her faith was based on? A living hope. Let's stand. If you have a need, you come to this altar tonight.